to positions of hopelessness and helplessness. The government gives them the drugs, builds bigger prisons, passes a three-strike law, and then wants us to sing God Bless America. No, no, no. Not God Bless America. God damn America. That's in the Bible for killing innocent people. God damn America for treating us citizens as less than human. God damn America. As long as she tries to act like she is God. Hi. Uh, hello. Welcome to Pod Damn America, everyone. My name is Jake Flores. I have with me... Anders Lee here. And... Alex Patak here, Anders Lee's friend. <laughs> um, welcome to the podcast. There's a lot to get to this week. Um, hello, welcome. Thanks for um, calling us uh, less gay Chapo on uh, Reddit. Oh uh, yeah, very cool. I don't read those things at all, but people send me screenshots of them because they think I'll like them for fun. Mm. Yo, if uh, you're reading, it's kind of gay. Yeah, that's, you know, I, I fell into a trap there because I didn't want to say it was gay, but then, like, I feel like logically that's how that ends. <laughs> they are intelligent people, the homosexuals. <laughs> <laughs> yes, this is the start of the episode. <laughs> uh, oh, some man. of the greats, Oscar Wilde, <laughs> very bright. All yeah. right, Truman Capote, <laughs> Truman Capote, many books. Is he like officially out? What if uh, uh, I don't? I shouldn't have done is that. It yeah, maybe I should. What if some southern guy was just like he didn't know Truman Capote was gay, and he just ruined <laughs> <just laughs> his life? He listens to your podcast every week, just throws his no! headphones on the ground. <laughs> hero. He's got like big radio cans. After <laughs> <laughs> yeah. redecorate my entire house. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. All right. So yeah, the reviews are in. Um, people. Uh, like us hate us i don't know somebody told me somebody sent me somebody uh like reviewed us on soundcloud was like hey man my friends all hate you but i fucking love you i'll take it um Damn. the show is those, happening it's continuing ditch those friends um yeah there you go those are not those are not friends at all sir alienate your friends because you're way too into a podcast that's a good thing for a young man to do in america right now podcast yeah. before friends <laughs> um Anyway, my friends are your Kickstarter sucks the podcast and Hollywood <laughs> Handbook and some of the others. Mm. You know, yeah, great mm-hmm. podcast. Yeah, um, went down a last podcast hole recently. Gets weird when that happens. Get all dark and spooky. Anyway, yeah. um, welcome to Pod Damn America, the podcast about um, how everything's terrible, um, late capitalism. Let's talk about it. Uh, what happened this week? The Super Bowl. Uh, yeah. Bunch of commercials. Martin Luther King tried to sell us a truck. Um, right. That was crazy. He's never tried to do that before. I know. <laughs> it was a real brand twist for him. <laughs> it's not what he's generally known for. <laughs> Horsepower. I'm a Ford <laughs> truck man. Yeah. yeah. Free, Wait, was free it? at last. Is that your MLK impression? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm a Ford truck man. No, that, that was my impression of me transcribing. I would it obviously would be too problematic for me to actually do an impression right, of yeah. MLK. He kind of sounded like a ghost. Yes, yeah, yes, he, he does. does. He does. Thing. Yeah, I've heard that. I have a dream. Apparently, all his buddies. Travis talks about it. Boom. About oh. the I have a dream speech? Uh, that he sounds like a ghost. Oh, I didn't yeah. know that. I didn't mean to step on Udoi's shit. Um, Front of the pod. But it's an easy enough premise to come to that MLK sounds like a ghost. Everyone's it's, thought of it. Everyone's kinda, thought of yeah. it. Yeah. 
Um, I heard that his that his friends didn't want him to go with that, and he was not planning on going with I Have a Dream, but something like he just kind of felt it. Why don't you air. try? I thought of some crazy shit. <laughs> <laughs> I had a joint, and I fucking <laughs> he does it just like 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 stand ups in Buffalo, New York. <laughs> just about to drop a stupid premise on you. Yeah, he was gonna scream hamburger like halfway through it. Um. What happened? It else happened. Elon Musk shot a like a Prius into space or whatever, or a Tesla. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, yeah. a Tesla. Uh, a lot of yeah. pushback from the left on that, but also pretty baller. <laughs> <laughs> well, you wait. know, if I didn't understand why that was such a bad thing, I would be like, "This is." If I was like a dump, like a kid or something. Yo, I like, heard you like cool. Teslas, so we put a Tesla <laughs> in a spaceship. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh man. He's pimp, just like he's living. Pimp my ride has an unleash on the. Crime. Hey, so what? I feel like Elon Musk is living in 2005, and that's his crime. He's just living his best life. It's really good. He's doing a great <laughs> job. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's like very selfish of him. Looks fun for sure. Did you wait? Did you guys think the Super Bowl uh, was the Eagles were the woker team? Because no, what I the, thought that they were the, the least. They're both like. Ide- like a football team doesn't really have an ideology. Yeah, maybe I don't know. I mean, the Patriots were like a pro-Trump team. Right. But the Eagles of all of the teams in the NFL, not necessarily representative of like people who are known to be specifically woke. You know. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'd say like I don't know, like the Green Bay Packers are like kind of a weird publicly owned thing or something. Uh-huh. They're woke I- like it's always sunny in Philadelphia is woke. Not like, at not all. Well. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay, I love that yeah. show, but the point well, is that they're like horrible people. You know? I mean, it is funny how every year it seems they stack all these sort of like political uh, like associations and consequences and shit with the Super Bowl. Well, it did. It felt like because the the Patriots are this evil empire. Yeah. And they're pro Trump that anyone and this like underdog is competing against them. That if you put those two things in a box and only look at them, it does kind of come around to, oh, I'm going to vote for the team that's taking down this other horrible thing. But it just felt like an American presidential election. You know? Right. The math on it was that of like, yeah. these are the good guys because they're not the uh, other worse by a little uh-huh. degree guys. You know? And they prove that by tackling Right. Uh-huh. That's what, I what like about it is it comes down to the politics of getting a big touchdown. That's what it should have come down to in 2016, if you ask me. I did yeah. a lot of Jello shots, so I like that. <laughs> that was cool. I the missed the MLK Bowl? commercial, which is too bad. Yeah, uh, yeah I missed halftime. Um, I did see that shit. I did oh, they see did the- songs this year. Huh? On halftime. They, they did always, a whole bunch of songs. I think they always do that. It was really cool. <laughs> Sometimes they do, you know, interpretive dance. And <laughs> they do. Bob Ross The year they did style. Miami was very unpopular yeah. at the Super Bowl. <laughs> I wouldn't fucking know. The only times I've watched the Super Bowl in, like, the last fucking five years have been too specific. Like, for me, the uh, annoying internet addict fun of it is to tweet and make fun of it yeah and i remember a couple years ago the guy from um cold play was wearing like this tight white like leathery denim outfit that was covered in just like rainbow shit 
and I was like, he looks like he's about to bullfight a unicorn. Yeah. <laughs> that was my highlight of the entire year of sports. The soundtrack to it would be real sad. I miss most of Yeah, but I like it, though, because I never get to eat wings, and it's the one day a year where everyone's like, we are all eating wings. I ate wings the next day because I was so angry that I didn't eat wings on the Super Bowl. Oh, damn, dude. You don't get to eat wings? Go to... No, I never get to eat wings. My girlfriend's vegetarian, and uh, she's, I'm with her all the time. And yo, she's yeah. like, do you want to have a Super Bowl blockade. food party? I would love yeah. to have a Super Bowl food <laughs> party. It doesn't have like, to be on the Super really Bowl. The Bolshoi Ballet or something? We can watch just like an old football game or something? Yeah, <laughs> we can do it in like March. Can we watch like uh, Slam Ball? You know that one where they put basketball <laughs> on the trampolines? That game's sick. I've been yeah. thinking about that because they're bringing back the XFL, uh, right? Bring back slam ball. Yeah, the close. The ESPN three game where they had trampolines and you had extra points if you did like a f- double front flip before you slam dunked and shit. I just remember they had an announcer who like it sounded like the NBA street announcer, <laughs> and whenever somebody went up for the for the rim, I just remember him going, "Uh oh, the professor's back in town," <laughs> which you don't hear in NBA games. Uh, it's cool. Everyone had a nickname. Not enough professors in the NBA. It's like you're it's in a, a problem. A diversity. Doctor J. Doctor. Yeah, right. He was. A I doctor. think he was doctor. the only one. He's a doctor, doctor for basketball nine. player a second. Yeah. Then there's a mailman. That's about it. Yeah, special <laughs> delivery. A refrigerator. NBA's no, wait, that was a football guy, right? Yeah. I'm not good at sports. I don't know why I'm pretending I, I like it. I feel like it. we're really exposing ourselves here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just direct all your hate mail to Reddit. I don't read it. Um, anyway, late capitalism. Let's talk about it. Um, Amazon. There is uh, – this new article that's going around about Amazon and how they've developed a wristband for their employees that, uh, let me pull up the article. A wristband, you're thinking. <laughs> that sounds nice. Yeah, that sounds cool. I'd love to wear a wristband. A wristband? You like share it with a your bunch friends. Of, a band that all the instruments are wrist based? That sounds cool. Dude, you're wasted. <laughs> 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 Amazon has uh, patented design. This is an article in uh, the Guardian. Uh, Amazon has patent designs for a wristband that can precisely track where warehouse employees are placing their hands and use vibrations to nudge them in a different direction. Whoa. <clears throat> the concept, which aims to streamline the fulfillment of orders, adds another layer of surveillance to an already, already challenging uh, work environment. Blah, 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 blah. It solves a problem of uh, being someone who moves boxes around an Amazonian warehouse for a living and not knowing where to put the boxes. <laughs> yeah. The common complaint. <laughs> well, if only I had a vibration on my hand from <laughs> some kind of overlord watching my every move. The proposed wristbands would use ultrasonic tracking to identify the precise location of a worker's hands as they retrieve items. One of the uh, patents outlines a haptic feedback system that would vibrate against the wearer's skin to point their hand in the right direction. So, like, if you're... um. Not uh, there's a diagram of a guy reaching for things on shelves and then just like his hand vibrating to pull him towards <laughs> the box of Oreos or whatever the fuck that he's putting out. You're gonna drop the Oreos vibrating like that. Everyone's gonna have arthritis. <laughs> Quote: A less generous interpretation would be that wristbands provide Amazon management with a new workplace surveillance capabilities that can identify workers wasting time, scratching, fidgeting, or dilly dallying. Dilly dallying. That's a big no. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> scratching. Uh-uh. Budweiser plug. Dilly dally. <laughs> um, 
Um, so my take on this, and this may be too extreme, is this kind of behavior, knowing you're being tracked at work, feeling constantly unsafe, is just going to dramatically increase the amount of employees pounding off in Masturbating the warehouse because you know someone's house. seeing it. It's like a direct fuck you, <laughs> yeah. and then you actually come at the end. And maybe afterwards, that's the only way you can come now. Yeah, I mean that's what exactly what they want. <laughs> and they collect that cum, and it's a new product. Yeah, it is, it is weird. They send out the cum bots. <laughs> it's weird because, like, I, I I've noticed this about myself is like I've um worked in food service for a while now, and I have started to treat it just like a video game, like I'm playing a game. You know, and you just have to adjust your mentality to that. Well, that's what they do with, like, the gig economy. Like, the yeah. apps you work for and shit. I mean, they have people design them specifically, so it feels like a video game. Right. You're, like, Ubering or whatever. Little yeah. Little stars kind of shoot out of the screen. Oh, you got a, you, you got your bonus for the day, you know? Yeah. Oh, and I felt so good when the stars came out. I forgot I haven't seen my wife in a week. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. You keep, you stay in the game, and the second you, like, start thinking critically about, like, what the fuck am I doing? It's like, well, this sucks, you know? So you just, like, keep going, and so this is to, like, reinforce that. I had to read this all, all this shit that we're about to talk about, like, today, because I bought Breath of the Wild a week ago. And I have not. I don't know what. I don't know what the fuck's happening in society. For, Breath of the Wild. Um, Zelda. That's like a oh, okay. kind of Zelda, and it's addictive. It's this in- insane, like huge sandbox, immersive Nintendo game that they, they call made it that- Breath of the Wild. <laughs> and all the kids are out there collecting swords, <laughs> adjusting them for different elements. Yeah. It's breath or breadth. Breath. breath. Okay. Breath. Is breath. breath. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Brand of the wild. Mm. That so shit's had me coming in Amazon warehouse. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, maybe at some point they can make shit like that addictive to where you wouldn't even realize that you were like working for like a scathing like amount of wage that's like killing you or whatever. Yeah. Um. And I, if I got paid to play that game, I couldn't say I would care, but that's not good. Mm-hmm. Um, like if you could like mine Bitcoin by getting through Breath of the Wild or something. There's mining in the game. You can mine things. Yeah, but like you tie that to something. Though. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just spitballing here. This is a corporation. <laughs> we need to make cash. Hell yeah. This is a quote from the story uh, that's one of the sadder things I've ever heard a human say. This month, 24-year-old warehouse worker Aaron Calloway described having just 15 seconds to scan items and place them into the right cart during his night shifts at the Amazon warehouse in the UK. Quote, my main interaction is with the robots. That's the end of the quote. Uh, <laughs> and this is in the UK, so this is some, like, literal Black Mirror shit. My main my interaction's <laughs> with the robots, isn't it? <laughs> in it. I don't like their red eyes, though. <laughs> Not quite as warm as I used to with the missus. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like uh, the beginning of a you know a novel or something. But that's that weird British kid's life. <laughs> so sad. Um, another story related. It's the New York Times. A driver's suicide reveals the dark side of the gig economy. There's a fucking huge picture of this guy at the top of the story. Doug Shifter. This is the caption below the picture. A New York livery driver says he killed himself to illuminate how ride-hailing services have devastated taxi workers financially. This is a sad story. 
it's a good uh good way to go out is a uh, public suicide. Yeah, I mean you gotta. I encourage it on this radio broadcast. <laughs> 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 it's definitely kind of like if you've got a flair for the dramatic, you know. Yeah. People wonder why these people do shit like this, uh, but like Yokio Mishima famously committed seppuku on television in the, um, in the 50s or 60s. Bud it? Dwyer also famously uh shot his head. So the mili- he shot the his Philadelphia <laughs> mayor? Uh no. what the fuck was he? He's the guy you can look up on YouTube. He's like killed himself live yeah. on TV. Um, He's the YouTube guy. There's yeah. that song that's like nice shot man about like Hey man, nice shot. Hey man, nice shot. Yeah. About like a that's about politician. Bud I think so. A politician in Philadelphia man, who like so commits suicide on on air. Wow. Um there's probably been a few. Come on. This is America. Um, <laughs> so. Hopefully we got another one. Not, not to, you know, be too suggestive, but <laughs> Mr. President, if you're listening. Yeah. Why is he not dead? He doesn't seem healthy. It's no, crazy yeah. that he keeps living. Um, He doesn't drink. That's why. God damn. That's the funniest thing about him. He's just crazy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he's like an overworked driver, but also he just like believes that his hands are on fire for the last twenty years. <laughs> <laughs> he has like a cat drive the car. <laughs> um, the economic hardship that Uber and its competitors had inflicted on conventional drivers in New York and London and other cities had become overwhelming. For decades, there had been no more than approximately twelve thousand to thirteen thousand taxis in New York, but now. There were myriad new ways to avoid public transportation, in some cases with ride-hailing services like Via that charge a little more than $5 to travel in Manhattan. In 2013, there were 47,000 for-hire vehicles in the city. Now there are more than 100,000, approximately two-thirds of them affiliated with Uber. So I don't know if you ever looked into like Uber, but Uber is um, a pretty fucked-up corporation. It's like, uh, you know, uh, Silicon Valley, like tech nerds, um, like you know, the guys in Silicon Valley, that TV show kind of, uh, they're real douchey types. The guy who started Uber, there's a really great, great dollop episode about it, but, um, he started it in a, uh, a, a capitalist concept, um, like incubator. He called his jam pad, which is his apartment where he'd come up with jam ways pad. to cool guy make alert. money. Cool guy alert. Yeah. Cool guy alert. Jam U- pad. Uber detected. is like more in debt than any business has ever been in debt. <laughs> and really? what they're doing is they're trying to corner the market. These Assuming he's going to make all his money back when he drives like taxis and other rideshare services out of business altogether, which is why they're just eating this huge amount of debt. Doesn't it seem like every business we use on a day to day basis is operating an unbelievable negative? Yeah. Doesn't that yeah. alarm you? I, I like Netflix every day is I doing play, the same thing. Yeah. Do you know HQ? No. A trivia thing? Oh, yeah, I've heard of that. It's a trivia game where they just give away money and they don't make money. (laughs) And I feel like the fact that I look into it twice a day is a really big warning of, like, a bubble (laughs) happening. Uh, HQ, Netflix. um, What was the other big one? Fucking... Home Depot. I'm blowing it, but uh, every business I can think of that's like a new exciting business is just like billions of dollars in debt. Yeah. 
Um, where yeah. does the money go? I don't Dad know. Is the new money. What's really funny is Netflix keeps giving all these comedians specials, and it's yeah. like, what do you? I do want how that you, money. You're though. sucking stand-up comedy into this weird economic bubble vortex that's gonna blow up and destroy all of us at some point. Right. Um, and don't they have to sign the thing so it's like if you do 15 minutes on Netflix, your next like two hours that you do have to be on Netflix, so you can't. Yeah, I think word on the street is what they're doing is sort of trying to carve out a niche of like stand-ups that are sort of going to be in their stable yeah um they've also had practices in the past tim dylan they... tim dylan's in their stable <laughs> yeah, watch totally tim dylan is. on netflix <laughs> in his anti-jake flores special yeah <laughs> it's, it's just all about me minutes of hating jake it's you could do 15 minutes on hating me pretty easily <laughs> hell i do it every night folks all right hey. um, <laughs> oh, um, but yeah that guy is going to be a netflix comedian and he sends me weird threatening emails so <laughs> he sends you emails now he, no, just that fucking one time yeah. when I went, hey, what are you one talking about? He sent me a wall of text that was just like, you know, you ever think about just, maybe you should just move to South Carolina, you know? Why South Carolina? Weird, like, Carolina? mafia threatening language thing. Yeah, a lot of relocating. What is this activist angle you're always working, you know? Why why can't you just be a comedian? Tim, you're the most political comedian I've ever heard in my yeah. fucking life. <laughs> what are you talking about? I've been talking about poppers for like five months. That's all my material. <laughs> the political shit's all in here. This is the political shit. I made this podcast to you know compartmentalize it. Do you think people who drive Ubers will also start doing podcasts while yes. they Uber? Yes, here's why. Let's read more into the story. Quote, while Uber has sold that this disruption is positive for riders, for many taxi workers it has been devastating. Between 2013 and 2016, the gross annual bookings of full-time yellow taxi drivers in New York working during the day were... Uh, when fares were typically highest, fell from 88000 a year to just over 69000 Nice. Oh, um, nice. <laughs> fell, uh, what is that, $9,000 a year? No, tw- tw- ni- 19, 19, sorry. Okay. $19,000 a year. So that's your income, right? Slash between 2013 and 2016. Medallions, which grant the driver a right to operate the taxi in New York City, were now depreciating assets and drivers who had borrowed money to pay for them once a sound investment strategy were deeply in debt. So I don't know if you know, you guys know this or listeners know this, but in order to drive a taxi in New York, you have to purchase something called a medallion, which is your right to drive the cab. Is it like a Bitcoin? Uh, <laughs> no, it's, it's a like actual $19,000 weird fucking coin thing um, license that they give you. Right. Uh, so then you work your t- taxi and you pay off the coin Hence, then sort of like owning the means of production. Or as of now, you do not pay off the coin. So now it's (laughs) pretty much possible to to sort of pay that stuff off. And it's already had problems with like sort of, um, you know, weird like labor bosses and shit like that. Uh, But it's like impossible now. Um, So this interview is with this woman, Miss Dese. Miss Miss Dese, quote, was routinely seeing grown men cry. And she'd become increasingly concerned about the possibility that would begin taking their lives. On Monday morning, Doug Shifter, a livery driver in his early 60s, killed himself with a shotgun in front of City Hall in Lower Manhattan, having written a lengthy Facebook post. Here's my point. If you're thinking about killing yourself, start a podcast. Don't (laughs) get on Facebook. Facebook is bad for you. You fucking rant all day. The algorithm, no one sees it. No one sees your manifesto. They're not going to give you the likes you deserve. Yeah. Yeah. You got to go full Unabomber and get your shit out there. You got to get like two wows. And a sad. <laughs> yeah, somebody's going to give you a sad on your suicide. Yeah. <laughs> 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 what if that's what heaven is or hell? <laughs> just like people comparing the reactions on their suicide. Oh, that would be so sad. A lot of loves <laughs> on my crucifixion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
He was now sometimes forced to work more than 100 hours a week to survive. It's 100 hours a week. Um, he said when he started out in the 1980s, a 40-hour work week was uh, fairly typical. He blamed politicians, mayors, uh, Michael R. Bloomberg and Bill de Blasio, Governor Cuomo, and their acquiescence to the rich for permitting many cars to flood the streets. He blamed the taxi commission for the fines and the hassles it imposed. Um, so this is essentially a story that is a microcosm of someone who had a living wage, working 40 hours a week, driving a car, and that was his living, run into the ground by tech dicks upending society until he had to work 100 hours a week and then just blew his fucking body all over the street. Yep. Also, uh, you know, dumped all that into, like, a Facebook rant, drove a car, probably listened to the radio, you know. Oh, yeah. The, uh, and with what's <laughs> on the radio these days, that definitely had a say in this. <laughs> um, yeah, but, I mean, I don't know. There's a lot going on here, and um, the person... I just honestly I just watch a TV show about the Unabomber, and this is kind of giving me Unabomber vibes. Yeah. But like, there's an isolation and an alienation that is. Yeah, it would have to be such a long Facebook post to be a Unabomber style post. Can you imagine if the Zodiac Killer had fucking Facebook right now? That'd be cool. Be cool as hell. Um, Sick. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, so what he's describing though is like the the gig economy and how it's sort of like devastated these industries um i work both at a restaurant and in the gig economy and there's a lot of tension between people who sort of say like oh you know you're gonna what are you, you're you're contributing to the uh the very thing that's like eating up all our business etc but it's like you as the consumer don't have any power over like i just have to do whatever i can to make money you right. fucking sheeple and you're being <laughs> yeah. smart about it because you're not driving a car is the first thing getting automated yeah, yeah. Well, but and I really feel like as a force of political will in this country, when you're going to see like everyday disruptions in the way you're living your life, it's going to be after all of the trucks are automated and there's just millions of unemployed people sitting around being furious at they don't even know what. Well, I mean, that's kind of like how we ended up with Trump, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, right. But if you look at it like the Great Depression, you don't see any kind of movement towards any kind of social welfare state or any kind of push for any left issues until there's an army of homeless people in the streets the military has to come and put down and that's essentially what's going to happen after we automate enough jobs right you know and if you look at like uh the new deal you know i mean at the same time the new deal was happening there was a very very real threat of like an actual socialist movement happening in America and they were like there politicians. Were podcasts <laughs> <up>. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't write these podcasts. There were little wooden <laughs> radios with you know cartoon fucking squiggly lines coming out of them, screaming about uh, you know Elon Musk's pussy and shit like that. Yeah, uh, the, it's the same thing. Of the Tesla. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I mean, the, because because there was an actual real threat, that's how we ended up with the compromise, which is like the New Deal, right? You know? um, so I mean, I I don't know. I think you're right. I I don't know what's gonna happen because I feel like uh, you know. As long as it keeps happening on a like a gray scale, like a gradient, people aren't going to understand. Like you kind of need a big push. You need a little mm-hmm. bit. Of, I might be a little bit of an accelerationist in that sense. That I'm like, you know, we need things to get really fucked up before people realize what the the answer to this is. Yeah, but being um, an accelerationist is cool. Um, 
It's kind of controversial yeah. on the left. Um, well, well it's yeah, like, but it's still cool. It's but I wonder. <laughs> it's cool. Mean, it's like it's cool to blow up a Seven Eleven. It doesn't mean you should do it. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. It is cool. But I want like how much worse are is it actually now than it was two years ago? You know, for most people in this country. Well, that shift that's described in this article between like cab drivers' incomes. Dropping nineteen thousand dollars from eighty-eight thousand dollars to to sixty-nine thousand dollars happened between twenty thirteen and twenty sixteen. So that's three years. Yeah. What I would argue. So it was, but it was already a, a downward trend. Like Trump didn't like okay, he didn't sure. obviously didn't help it, but like you know. Oh no! I wouldn't was, say Trump things is already to going this way for like the <laughs> shifting of the entire economic mode of production into essentially like rich landlords owning robots and running the economy by itself because we're essentially post-scarcity. Right. Mm-hmm. He's not a cause. He's a symptom. He's yeah. just a, like a mentally ill old man. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Who makes everyone mad. <laughs> yeah. um, He's in charge of the country. I do think you could argue, though, that accelerationism is somewhat outdated because the accelerating is just going to happen either way. And so the yeah. most productive thing you could do would be raise consciousness and ideological preparedness uh, to be in front of that when well, yeah. everyone's unemployed. But yeah, I do think, true. though, if you, you know, accelerationism versus uh, incrementalism, quote-unquote incrementalism, which is the other option we've been presented with, which is like would kind of forestall some of the the more radical tendencies. I, I don't know if those two things are. Cars uh, situation. <laughs> I don't know if those yeah. two things are diametrically opposed because incrementalism is uh, talking about doing good in very small bits, and it, accelerationism is more like let's drive it down and bad until it becomes right. such a mess that people have to react. Um, anyway, don't quote me on being an accelerationist. Um, <laughs> Accelerationist Jake Flores <laughs> takes down Tim Dillon, <laughs> inspiring Netflix comedian. Yeah, anti-accelerationist. Because <laughs> um, you're going nowhere, Tim. You're not <laughs> making a dime. All right. Um, <laughs> this I love being in the middle of beefs. Yeah. yeah. God. I'm normally not in any beefs. Like People, people keep asking no, me about this chickens. beef I have with them, and I'm like, I liked him. He just sent me a weird bullying, insulting email you know, yeah, this is gotta, a one-sided beef. You got to cut a bromo, man. Ah, <laughs> uh, we're gonna fuck. And um, you're blocked on all social media. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He blocked everything. Oh, jeez. Uh, oh no, I can't use his fame to. Uh, <laughs> yeah, can you believe a fucking stand-up comedian accused me of trying to use their fame? <laughs> no one knows who the fuck any of us are. <laughs> stand-up comedians are so like the one art form where whenever you name a like apex top level member people think you're making up a yeah. person yeah there's no such thing as cat williams <laughs> that's not a real thing uh, that's my friend jim jeffries uh, a <laughs> okay. famous comedian before we get to the main event tonight uh which i want to dedicate dedicate a little chunk of time to i want to talk about something that is um really interesting to me and uh i'm gonna talk a little bit out of school here because i don't know enough about it but i've just sort of had my ear to the ground about this and i really, really like kissing it. out of class <laughs> Ew. um so there is a woman running for president in mexico Ooh. her name is maria de jesus patricio martinez marichui right Ooh. um 
I don't usually do that uh that fucking politician weather guy uh jump into the Spanish accent shit. If, cool. I, <laughs> if I don't think it's necessary, it really bothers me when like um guilty white people order like tacos and they're like, Oh yeah, can I have one with cheese and beans <laughs> and they're just saying English words? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a little bit of an affectation, but this is actual Boy, Mexican yo. shit. Um so I think it would it's it's uh, it's wor- as someone who works at a Colombian restaurant when I have to be like uh a Patacone. Queso platanos. I find that quite charming. Um, <laughs> You're a man of the world, Anderson. <laughs> <laughs> so there's this woman running for president in Mexico. And the reason it's important is because she's the first indigenous person to run for president and the first woman. Um, and she right now is sort of making the rounds trying to uh, acquire enough signatures in order to achieve, like, an independent candidacy. Uh, outside of the, basically, like, the the the, the, the primary system. Um, because, okay, so the big, the big part of the story is that she's received the endorsements of the Zapatistas, which nice. usually... Which she has the endorsement of Rage Against the Machine. Basically, very big. <laughs> like, kind of, yes. Um, she's sort of like a Bernie type figure in that sense in Mexico, where the political landscape is a little bit different, and making uh you know really A to B comparisons like that are, are gonna get kind of uh problematic. Very different. <laughs> they had uh, didn't they disappear forty kids like a few years ago? Yeah, <laughs> but that's why the Zapatistas exist. So the Zapatistas. Those of you who burn cro- crosses are the same that build forces. <laughs> Go at it now. <laughs> <laughs> this is the first uh, politician that the Zapatistas have um, like endorsed in the mainstream political system. Usually, they opt out of the political system in yeah. protest. So this is kind of an interesting deal. And so she needs to make a certain amount of signatures by uh, February thirteenth, which is like what in a week. Um, Check it out if you're Mexican listening. Uh, sign it up. There are a couple. Um, that I know of. I don't know if everybody listens to this shit. You guys are just a weird number. I don't know where you came from. Most of your come town freaks. We'll know. <laughs> yeah, there's an app that we track you with. Um, but there's a lot going on here. It's it's a little. It wait, vibrates when there's Mexicans. About. Counting in the name of. <laughs> it's it's made of beans uh, or I'm, uh, beans. <laughs> Sorry, beads. I can say Beads. that. Okay, I'm he racist. can say that. Yes. Um, I meant never say something like that. the ones that they fucking. If you ever go to Mexico, you go to a border town. There's these kids that run up to you and they just sell you like a fucking bead necklace, and you feel guilty and you buy it. Um, <laughs> and they, you're spending money, so you don't realize how ch- like, oh, it's cheap. It's two dollars, but it's worth way more. Um, this was a while back when this happened, oh. so I don't know the economy. Bring back different. wampum. <laughs> but uh, funny story about Mexico. I went to a border town one time. And there was this town that uh, they hated their mayor. Um, so they, like, the next election cycle, they elected a goat mayor. Nice. Oh, yeah. yeah. And they had this Every re- man's fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> and they had this, uh, this restaurant. If you eat at the restaurant, at the end of the meal, you go, hey, you want to buy the mayor a beer? And you'd be like, what are you talking about? Go, Come on, buy the mayor a beer. And you'd buy him a beer. And they'd just throw the can at the goat, you know? <laughs> you fucking chew on it and shit. It was fucking awesome. It was all as a fuck you to the previous guy who had fucked shit up. Um. Oh man, that made did me really end happy. Up, did he end up becoming a goat? 
<laughs> it's like Wait, fulfilling the role of a goat. If he keeps his uh, chin up, he could be a goat burnatorial <laughs> candidate. Oh, my God. Wow. That was the worst thing I've ever heard. Oh. I couldn't even get it out the first time. Go- goat would have won. Uh, <laughs> all right. Um, anyway, so Marichui, as she's known. Um, it's basically on a tour of Mexico right now, uh, attempting to acquire the amount of signatures that it would take to secure the candidacy. But every time she shows up to a town, these apps are mysteriously not working, the ones that are required to collect these signatures. Mm-hmm. Um, so in a week, we'll see whether this happens or not. This looks to me like mainly, mainly like a um, sort of historically significant, you know, like write-in candidacy sort of thing. Like she's yeah. not going to win, but it may make uh, some sort of sway in Mexican politics. And it's really interesting that the Zapatistas have sort of uh, signed off on this because there's this, this sort of like moving, you know, tours of speeches going on right now where um, all of the, the the talking dates she's doing, they're all women, all indigenous. They're talking about, you know, all these like gender political stuff that's happening in Mexico, which is, uh, I think most people probably in America think of in the abstract, but it is a lot of the stuff is directly related to like our own political history. Like same continent. The reason a lot of Zapatista, you know, formation happened in the late uh, 20th century, you know, a lot of it has to do with NAFTA. Yeah. Um, they were like, things called maquiladores which are like factories and border towns that as mm-hmm. soon as nafta was enacted um you know basically all these women died because uh the working conditions in these factories where they'd make american shit plummeted so hard that um you know they, they basically just created like a you know a really fucking bloody uh system of labor they America. didn't have the wristbands they needed they didn't have the wristbands them towards yeah. like a fruitful <laughs> employment yeah um so on the wrong Amazon. <laughs> I mean, Mexico doesn't have the Amazon. No. Just to be sure. I see no. what you were doing there, though. <laughs> Not you know. the right <laughs> yeah. Um, so I think it's really interesting because a lot of the language in the Zapatista stuff is like very like, you know, a lot of people think like, oh, neoliberalism, that move, that word came about, you know, what, six months ago. No one knows what it really means or whatever. Um yeah, they were fighting this shit since, like, 93. Right. Yeah. Read up on the Zapatista stuff. Read up on Marichu. I mean, this stuff is, like, what a lot of Americans have only come to know about in the last year or so has been the underlying yeah. basis of the sort of far left in Mexico for a long time. I think it's really interesting. So um, I'm not going to talk too much out of it because I don't want to talk out of school because I'm actually still just kind of learning about this myself. Um, you can do a Zapatista episode. I think I'm going to. Um, I really... I you need feel, a good guess. As a fucking, you know, pasty white Mexican, um, I do feel when I talk about a lot of the stuff, there's a lot more pressure to not fuck this up. Um, there's also a lot of pressure to get it right, and I want to, so look forward to that in the future. I'll probably do a Zapatista episode, and also probably, I'm trying to eventually do an episode about um, the Mexican Revolution, because um, there was a character in the Mexican Revolution, sort of uh, before Zapata took off, who uh, was a Mexican anarchist, who sort of... Um, tried attempted coups against porfirio diaz who was like just as a quick fucking you know uh primer like basically mexican revolution came about when zapata and these revolutionaries uh decided to take like labor um power back from the constitutionalist state while uh uh there were these things called campesinos which were villages that would produce 
you know, farming bullshit, agriculture. Mm-hmm. Now all of a sudden you have this power struggle between, oh, do these people create, you know, reap the benefits of their own, like, agriculture, or does it go towards, you know, the capitalists, et cetera, yeah. right? Uh, so anyway, there was a guy right before Zapata who was a Mexican anarchist who tried to uh, stage a coup close to the border and failed and then had to run to uh, St. Louis and start a zine, <laughs> like a publication. <laughs> yeah, His name's Juan Jose Arredondo. He is my great, 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 great grandfather. I found out recently from my grandma. Whoa. Pretty cool, right? Holy Pretty shit. fucking cool. Damn, dog. So now I'm, I'm going to try to look up a lot of shit about him, um, but a lot of it is not in English and it's going to take me a while. But uh, wait for that. Um, so I'm excited. Do you speak Espanol? No, oh. my Spanish sucks. What a twist. Um, my I don't speak Spanish because my family immigrated here and um like at a time when in texas they you didn't want your kids to speak spanish yeah. because it was like you assimilate to live here and uh-huh. they'd beat their kids in school if you spoke spanish shit like that right, uh, right so there's man. a generational gap there's a lot of people like that of mexican descent in texas because uh there was like this weird fucking getting into the country survival thing yeah and then Fucking 50 years later, everyone's like, it's great that you speak Spanish, <laughs> right? So that's kind of a thing. All my Spanish comes from a little, 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 little bit when I was a little kid. Most of it from working in restaurants. Um, uh, yeah, so Spanish is from the streets. <laughs> yeah. You care to drop some of that on us? <laughs> I actually, I picked up some Spanish in a kitchen, and then I tried to use it around Bushwick, and I was informed <laughs> that that was a very bad decision, because it was all Mexican Spanish, and these were all Puerto Rican Dominican people oh, who yeah. did not, and were specifically looking for the kind of words I was just dropping in conversation to be a cool guy. <laughs> Carne, I just learned today. Some people mean steak. The other people means all types of meat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just like that. Yeah. <laughs> that could be a deadly street mistake. <laughs> yeah. You're just using like a weird kitchen, like uh, lavar platos, por favor. <laughs> it's like a, a guy who's, oh, no. you know, selling cell phones or something. <laughs> no, entirely unrelated. Anyways, anyways, um, that was my little fucking Mexican history corner. Um, now that I've got that out of the way. This has been Jake's Mexican history <laughs> corner. The main event for tonight, uh, you'll probably see going around the internet this week, is this batshit insane interview in Vulture with Quincy Jones. Mm. You're crazy for this one. <laughs> Legendary, <laughs> um, you know, musician and producer. Um, guy. Yeah. Which, which the interview I will is very much like jazz. <laughs> it's very improvisational. Yeah, he it, seems like he does not give a fuck about anything. <laughs> um, there are some things he can't quote unquote discuss publicly. It's about the sense you don't hear. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's about the political secrets he's not saying. Right, exactly. Yeah, he'll. G- <laughs> <laughs> He'll allude or name names for assassins of presidents. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) He doesn't want to go in deeper than that. Yeah. It goes very high up. Yeah. This interview (laughs) fucking rules. You can tell this guy maybe thinks he's going to die soon or something. Like, he does not give a shit. He keeps divulging things that would be like conspiracy theory level secrets. And then every once in a while going, well, actually, this other thing, though, that's too far. I can't talk about it. It makes no sense. He has no sort of compass for what is, like, too far. Jazz, you I know? thought the part of it that most indicated he's about to die is when he's talking about how Bono is his best friend, and they ask <laughs> if they like his new music, and he's just like, nah. Yeah, <laughs> dude, he doesn't give a fuck. So I'm gonna know, he's going to read it. 
yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna read through a couple, a couple passages from this interview because it is fucking insane. So the, it just starts off like this: Vulture, you worked with Michael Jackson more than anyone he wasn't related to. What's something people don't understand about him? Quincy Jones, I hate to get into this publicly, but Michael stole a lot of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> He stole a lot of songs. Donna Summer's State of Independence and Billie Jean. The notes don't lie, man. He was as Machiavellian as they come. How so? Greedy, man. Greedy. Don't stop till you get enough. Greg, Fi- I can't really pronounce that. Phil, Phil and Gaines wrote the C-section. Michael shouldn't have, uh, Michael should have given him 10%. Uh, wouldn't do it. Um, what about outside of music? What's understood about Michael? I used to kill him about the plastic surgery, man. He always uh, justify it and say it was just because of some de- it's a disease he had. Bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. Disease. What? Okay. Okay. Do <laughs> Check you remember? This out. Okay. Do you remember your first exposure to Michael Jackson? So I exposure. Think, That's an yeah. interesting way to put it. <laughs> yeah. Oh wow, it's like a nineties joke. I was on joke. his uh, tilt a whirl, <laughs> <laughs> and he was pressed against me. <laughs> so uh, I remember Free Willy. Remember when Free Willy came out and yeah, then they had yeah. he did the sound some for the soundtrack and shit yeah, and it was that's like one of his biggest songs. Yeah. And someone had to explain to me like he's black but not. You know, and like a they whale. Had to explain yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> he's both. <laughs> yeah. That's why they picked him. <laughs> right. Not because he's the most famous musician alive, because he's like a killer whale. <laughs> <laughs> he reminded the most of a whale. Okay. He's such a strange juxtaposition. How Michael's music was so joyous, but his life just seems sadder, more odd as time goes by. Vulture, yes, but at the end, Michael's problem was propofol, and that problem affects everyone. doesn't matter if you're famous. Big Pharma making Oxycontin and all that shit is a serious thing. I was around the White House for eight years with the Clintons. I've learned how much influence Big Pharma has. It's no joke. What's your sign, man? He just yeah. switches to <laughs> astrology. It goes back it to says. the sign thing. Well, because he knows he's gone too far. Yeah. He's yeah. Like, Let's talk about signs. He starts talking about <laughs> Clinton like state secrets, and he goes, hey, what's your sign? Pisces. <laughs> Me too. It's a great sign. Um, you just mentioned the Clintons. <laughs> he just goes back <laughs> and <into it. laughs> who are friends? Of, who are friends of yours? Why is there such a visceral dislike of them? What are other people not seeing in Hillary, for example, that you see? Quincy. It's because there's a side of her. When you keep secrets, they backfire. Mm. Like what secrets? This is something I shouldn't be talking about. <laughs> which is like Let's go the, back to who killed Jeff. Yeah, the, the recurring beat of this is him talking shit out and then going, I shouldn't be talking about this in public. <laughs> it's you not sure, like a Pisces of me, man. Jam. <laughs> yeah. You sure seem to know a, not a lot. I know too much, man. <laughs> What's something you wish you didn't know? Who killed Kennedy? <laughs> Who did it? Chicago mobster Sam Giancana. <laughs> the connection was there between Sinatra and the mafia and Kennedy. Joe Kennedy, he was a bad man. He came to Frank and uh, to have him talk to Giancana about getting votes. I've heard this story before that the mob helped win Illinois for Kennedy in 1960. We shouldn't talk about this publicly. <laughs> Where are you from? <laughs> yeah. He starts interviewing the interviewer. A master conversation. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That so, is one of those things where I wouldn't be surprised if, like, someone in the, the quote-unquote deep state just, like, 
I mean, maybe that's true, but maybe it's also like they just made that shit up just to like throw people off the scent of what really went down. You know, you're saying they planted Quincy Jones, <laughs> maybe, or <laughs> just sound like, like you're 85 in an interview. <laughs> 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 Convince them. Yeah. I think it's that he knows uh, even more than he's letting on, and then after every few lines, he's like, "I can't tell them about the Greys." <laughs> the grays. If it goes all the way to the, the top, gray aliens? they will vaporize me. Man, yeah. Do you know about the grays? Do you know different grays? I've heard of yes. I can't discuss what I've heard, but yeah. Hitters <laughs> like yeah. is fucking Quincy Jones drunk right now. <laughs> I, I shouldn't be talking about this. <laughs> we get Andrews enough drinks, and he will tell you secrets about the state. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here's a little more of this. They talk. They start talking about music. What did you think when you first heard rock music? Rock ain't nothing but a white version of rhythm and blues, motherfucker. <laughs> you know, I met That's Paul really McCartney impressive. when he was 21. Um, what were your first impressions of the Beatles? That they were the worst musicians in the world? They were no playing motherfuckers. Paul was the worst bass player I've ever heard. And Ringo, don't even talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> I remember once we were in the studio with George Martin and Ringo. Um I think he meant George Harrison. He said George Martin. Uh, maybe he meant George Martin. George R. R. Martin. He was, was the George fifth R. Beatle. R. Yeah. Uh, he played. Uh, he played xylophone. He just has one song recommendation every time, and he's like, "I see what you're doing." Da dun da da dun da. How about da dun 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 da dun dun da. Bum bum. It's just like not the sound we're going for right now. I go. <laughs> oh, let's do the behind the music. Um, George R. R. Martin has a song he just has never finished. It's just like been being written for years. <laughs> Everyone's furious. Okay. You guys are the best part of the song. And it was like, I uh, will wait till I die. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, okay, here's some more. Uh, sorry. Let I me mean, like read this. If you're listening, you just read it because there's a lot in here. Yeah, you can't read the whole thing. It's very long. There's like so much in here. You can you check have it a, out. Like, a Vulture. Highlight? Yeah, I'm just like sifting through right now. Okay. Okay. Um, so I, my favorite part was probably him talking about the signs because it shows that uh, <laughs> he needed some kind of like uh, mythology to get him through this crazy, crazy life he lived. Also, yeah. that he stayed at Bono's castle <laughs> in it Ireland. Doesn't. It was too racist, and he had to stay at a castle. <laughs> Here's some interesting shit. For safety. <laughs> what stirred everything up? Is it all about Trumpism? It's Trump and uneducated rednecks. Trump is just telling them what they want to hear. I used to hang out with him. He's a crazy motherfucker. Limited. Mentally. A megalomaniac. Narcissist. I can't stand him. I used to date Ivanka, you know? <laughs> Wait, really? Yes, sir. Twelve years ago, Tommy Hilfiger, who was working with my daughter, Kidada, said, Ivanka wants to have dinner with you. I said, no problem. She's a fine motherfucker. <laughs> she, <laughs> she had the most beautiful legs I ever saw in my life. Wrong father, though. Oh, that's fucking hilarious. That's the yeah. end of like his discussion about Ivanka, too, where it's kind of <laughs> like, uh... She had a different dad. Did you maybe. like her? <laughs> <laughs> At one point, when he's talking about Bono, he goes, "Is you two still making good music?" And then the caption where it's Quincy Jones shake uh, speaking just is in brackets, and it just says in italics, "Shakes head." Yeah, devastating, dude. <laughs> yeah. Bono's gonna read this. What what My he said is is it's true. It's like you know they they're stretched too thin. There's so much pressure on you two, and like it's true. They can't produce shit the way people want them to, you know. 
Like I don't I'm Don't defend you two right now. They've <laughs> had their slice of the pie. They have, and some of it was well earned, but like, you know, there's a certain point where it's like you can't really crank out fucking great quality Quincy Jones style shit when you're fucking you know they're doing the same thing over and over again and they're also running uh uh missionary missions to africa that's what quincy was saying man yeah quincy's really on to some shit you know how the edge does all that it's by not coming that's why he's called the edge (laughs) 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 he teaches people in africa like it AIDS is a big problem, so <laughs> you can want to avoid don't just masturbate. <laughs> that's that's what fucking my that's what my sex ed was because my my uh, folks, tantric sex. They were just like do tantric sex. No, masturbate. That's they were very. It was my sex ed was Unitarian. <laughs> They're very pro masturbation. Jesus really? Christ! Yeah. Wow. Did they like put it in fun Christian terms with like you got to let the demons out? No, no, no. It was it was like a it's a Unitarian. It's like a secular fucking nothing. It's it's basically for baby oh, boomers who Your still miss. No fun, man. Yeah, it was. It's and it's very hard to rebel against too because it's just all of the religions at the same time. I went to a Catholic school and they told us that seventy percent of condoms break. Which I think that either is, is a lie yeah, or that's a not very real. sexually dynamic health teacher. Because yeah. <laughs> he was like a fit young man. And I could tell the other teachers they had their eyes He's just on got him. a really veiny dick. Yeah. And it keeps <laughs> popping rubbers. He like has a Super Saiyan style dick where it goes from <laughs> <laughs> like a regular size to like a blonde glowing uh, aura. Yeah, that shoots the plastic off. <laughs> it takes like three episodes for him to come. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He can All only right. do it when he gets mad. So this interview is crazy, and I'm going to sort of wrap it up here with probably the best line from it. But seriously, read this because there's a lot more. There's like more that I even have time to get to. Best interview I've read in uh, years. <laughs> My favorite line is in the middle of talking about music. He starts to get back into like really actually kind of waxing philosophical about music and like jazz and stuff, and it's really interesting. And then the interviewer just goes, what was your greatest musical innovation? The answer? Everything I've done. That's the greatest <laughs> Damn, innovation he's greatest ever had. of all time. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Yeah, that fucking rules. Laying it down. Yeah. You read a lot of interviews like these where you get to the end and you're like, so this person's really unbalanced or whatever. But I finished this one and it was just like, Quincy Jones is the boss and he's <laughs> yeah. always been the boss. <laughs> I am legit. I, I really want to subscribe to his music service i don't think he lied about anything and yeah i think he knows even more that he won't tell us. he knows who <laughs> shot kennedy he starts talking about the catholic church really deeply at one point yeah. at some point he's just like i'm 82 years old i quit drinking two years ago i, I think he's the like, last pope yeah it was a fun thing is this did, what man? happens when you go sober you just become a fucking sage i don't know um, I mean, I think he's maybe just close to death, or he's like, yeah, he doesn't have drinking anymore, so he just doesn't care. Yeah. Um, anyway, that shit fucking rules. Oh, and also the main thing that is sort of going around connected to this article is that he talks about uh, Richard Pryor um, having had sex with uh, Marlon Brando. Yeah. He talks about uh, dancing the cha-cha. He goes, oh, we used to go out and, and dance the cha-cha all the time. Marlon Brando. I mean, he was wild. He would, he would like, he just, he goes, he would fuck all these people, and he just lists off a bunch of them, um, and one of them's Richard Pryor. <laughs> so yeah. there's another article that came out right after this where Richard Pryor's widow 
basically was like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah he, he fucked. I was in the room. It was uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. You got to wonder, though, um, did he do it in the Godfather voice? <laughs> where, where <are> you? <laughs> I don't think so. Are you, you, you mean Richard Pryor? <laughs> <laughs> well, they're both doing it because he's funny and he's like actually the guy and he's like, I'll make you an offer. Make you can't you refuse. Refuse. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's fucked up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I bet it happened though. All right, um, thank you for listening to the show. Um, this is Pod Damn America. We have a bonus episode attached to this episode. Uh, I'm gonna start putting these out on the regular. If you would like to subscribe to our Patreon, um, please do that. The link will be in the podcast information, and you will have access to our first two episodes. One of them is about Antifa history, and the next, one, the second one, the one we're putting out tonight, is about. Uh, an episode of Law and Order SVU about Antifa. Uh, we watched it. We talked about it. It's fucking crazy. That shit's fire. Yeah. Um, the episode, at least, <laughs> of SVU. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we talk about all sorts of stuff, but you'll just have to tune in and find out. Um, I'm Jake Flores. Uh, I'm at Feral Jokes on the internet. Follow me. My website's the same name. It's got all my dates. When I keep it uh, updated, which I don't, um, I'm going to be in fucking minneapolis with rock of meta also friend of the show co-host of the show um in late march keep an eye out for that other than that just listen to my podcasts and uh yeah that's it uh andersley here if you are <laughs> around <laughs> the brooklyn bushwick <laughs> area friday please come out to star bar we are raising money paid protest me alex and Ragov. And Kath Barbadoro are uh, raising money for the DSA, Democratic Socialist America Housing Working Group, um, at 7 p.m. at Star Bar. And, uh, you know, please, if you want to hear, if you're interested at all in hearing about how I lost my virginity... (laughs) Please subscribe to the Patreon. (laughs) Andrew's opened up a lot tonight. You should should listen to it. It's quite a tale. Um, Follow me on Twitter at Patak Jokes. Come to the paid protest show. It's going to be a wonderful, wonderful evening. And also, I'm starting a new weekly. If you live in New York City, in Alphabet City, on Sundays at 7.30, it's called Bad News. It's a comedy show at Sing Sing Karaoke Bar. And it's going to be very silly. You should be there. And uh, thanks for having me, Phil. Down.